Hello and welcome to Mental Awakening, the podcast that explores all topics related to trauma recovery, mental health, chronic pain, and healing. I'm your host, Sarah DeKeely, psychotherapist and mental health social worker. And in this episode, I will speak about the importance of befriending our feelings, how to build a safer relationship with our feelings and emotions, and how to find safety from within. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode with me. In this episode, I want to talk about befriending our emotions. For many of us, emotions can seem very inconvenient. They can be very distressing and overwhelming and often tend to impact the way that we experience life, the way that our body Um, I guess, responds, you know, our nervous system is very much tuned in to our feelings and emotions, to our thoughts. And so it's important that we understand our emotions better. And also it's important that we learn how to make space for all of our emotions. You know, often we can be quite conditional about our emotions. If something feels wonderful or exciting or happy or joyful or so-called positive emotions, we tend to be a lot more obviously accepting of them. We tend to often even chase them. And sometimes there's this expectation that we should always be feeling that way. And although it's possible for us to vibrate on that level, to actually feel those good feeling emotions more frequently than not, it's a journey. It's a process, right? It's the growth journey. That's what it's all about. Now, other emotions that often are seen as negative, which I personally don't believe that we can have negative emotions as such. I think positivity and negativity is a judgment. Emotions are just emotions and it's human to have whatever emotion that we experience. It's all human. It's all relevant to our perceptions. Even though our perceptions may be inaccurate, it's relevant to our perceptions. It's relevant to our experiences. It's relevant to our nervous system. It's relevant to the things that are happening in our lives. So emotions such as sadness, anger, fear, disappointment, you know, grief. We often think of them as bad or frightening and we can be very conditional when it comes to this topic of emotions. We only want to feel the good, but not necessarily these other emotions, right? And when we are experiencing these kind of, I guess, heavier, more challenging emotions, they can also sometimes really cloud our judgment or make us feel bad. So we try our best to avoid them, to run away from them, to escape them as quickly as possible, to fix them, to snap out of them. And we do this often without even thinking. It's almost like, you know, because we're, most of us are, you know, conditioned and also parented this way, our brains have been programmed to see those emotions as something really bad, like a threat. 
And so we don't often realize that the meaning we assign to our emotions, that they're bad or scary, and the reactions we have to them, such as trying to resist or escape or fix them, is what's actually responsible for a lot of our, I guess, um, distress, right? We tell ourselves that we can't handle these emotions, they're never going to go away, or that they're perhaps a reflection on us as people failing at life somehow. And that's not true. You're not a reflection of your emotions. Those emotions are really a reflection of the programming and the traumas and the experiences and the neural wiring in your brain and it has nothing to do with who you are as a person as such. However, when we do over-identify with our emotions, then yes, we start to believe that this is who we are. So you might say, well, you know, I'm really passionate. This is how I talk and this is who I am. But actually, it's got very little to do with the fact that that's who you are and a lot more to do with the fact that your nervous system has been wired that way and... You know, in time, you kind of believe that that's your personality. So I, I don't think emotions are dangerous. I've come to learn in my own life that actually if we learn to approach our emotions as helpful, um, even though they're sometimes very unpleasant, but see them as messages that are giving us important information about our needs, important information about our boundaries, about our values or what's really important for us, then we can begin to have a different relationship with our internal experience and a different relationship uh, in turn with the outer world. So rather than resisting our emotions and pushing them away, we can begin to cultivate a curiosity and acceptance about our emotions that often make them less overwhelming. I try to see my emotions as helpful messages. Even really powerful, strong emotions are always giving me incredibly useful information about my emotional needs. Um, they're giving me information about, you know, what's really important for me, how I want to live my life. They're giving me information about perhaps parts of me that are no longer supporting the person that I'm becoming and that maybe are operating based on old perceptions, outdated perceptions. So learning how to listen carefully to these messages with curiosity and without judgment and, you know, considering which aspects of a situation we may be able to influence and which are outside of our control and then responding with intention as opposed to that knee-jerk reactive sort of a way can really help us feel more empowered, right? More in control. And even though I don't like to use the word control as much these days, I do believe that self-actualization, you know, does require us to have some level of self-control. And as we start to practice this as best we can, because initially when you start this process, it's not easy to catch yourself. It's not easy to not react 
Um, and sometimes a reaction is necessary. I'm not saying that you should never react to situations, but there are times when a reaction happens and, you know, it does lead to some good. I'm talking about understanding and embracing and making space for all of our emotions. So befriending our emotions because of how useful every single one of them are. And um, when, we, when we start to do that, we discover how to get our, um, a lot of our needs met more effectively, how to feel more satisfied in our lives, how to feel more satisfied in our relationships with other people, how to become better acquainted with who we actually are. And another thing that's also important to mention here is that you know, emotions um, are temporary. They come, they go. They come, they go. It's an emotion. It's unpleasant. It's distressing often if it's an unwanted emotion, but it's not going to harm you, right? Unless you really get caught up in it. That's why it's a really helpful practice to, you know, to listen. If we resist, if we distract, if we suppress, then we're not really listening. We're just avoiding. I'm going to give you guys an example. Let's say you feel really hurt because a friend, a close friend of yours is not there for you in the way that you'd like them to be during a difficult time. This feeling of hurt tells you something important about how well your needs are getting met in this relationship. So it suggests that something needs to change right? But it's not as simple as your friend not being a good friend or not doing what she or he, he should do to support you. It might also be that you haven't let them know how you're feeling or what you need. Or it might be that your expectations for the friend exceed what this person is capable of giving at the moment, given her current circumstances. Maybe she's in or she or he is in need of some extra support themselves. So in this kind of situation, communicating with the other person about your feelings in a non-accusatory way will actually help bring clarity on both sides. That person might learn about how you need or want or would like to be supported. And you might learn about how to communicate your needs more clearly. And after that kind of a conversation, you might feel a different emotion. You know, you might feel more understood um, or closer to your friend. And this kind of more pleasant feeling will help to reinforce your choice to open, you know, openly communicating your needs in the future. Or you might learn that your friend, you and your friend have different expectations when it comes to friendship. And this is something that you know, recently happened to me that I realized that actually we see healthy relationships or friendships differently. I, I can't control, I don't have control over my friend's behavior, but I do have a choice in how much or in what ways I want to continue to invest in the relationship or if at all, right? And I mean, in my case, I chose to end that friendship but you might decide to rely on another friend for the kind of support that you need in the future. 
and to reconsider your own expectation when it comes to that, you know, that kind of relationship. I personally believe that how you relate to your feelings may be one of the most important habits, you know, that we can, I guess, implement. When we meet our feelings and emotions with grace, with mindfulness, then we actually start to build this much healthier relationship with ourselves. You know, we start to feel a lot more compassion for the different emotions that we experience. In IFS therapy, internal family systems therapy, you know, we talk about having different parts. And I personally um, also attach emotions, obviously, to these parts, because often they are emotion-based, right? The part that's angry, the part that's anxious, the part that's com that compares or that's grieving or, you know, not that comparison is an emotion, but I'm just giving you an example that there's so many different parts within us. And one practice that I have started to do for myself is to write letters from my emotions to myself. And the way I do that is by really trying to put myself in the place of that emotion that I'm feeling. This can be a bit hard to do if you're very disconnected from your emotions. So I do recommend that you work with a therapist, you know, that you have support when it comes to these topics that I talk about on this podcast. But I personally really love this practice of writing letters from my emotions to myself and I'll give you guys uh, just a little sample of what that can look like so you know dear dear Sarah or my darling Sarah this is your sadness speaking or this is your anger speaking you know I feel that you never give me time you never give me attention and right now I really need you to hold space for me I really need you to pay attention to me because I've got a lot to say and I also don't think that you always give me credit for everything that I can share with you and everything that you know all the wisdom that I have within me and then I start to talk about the emotion you know like from the position of the emotion how it feels to to be sad how it feels where it you know where i can feel it in my body how it feels to really be completely in that emotion and when whenever i do that you know and as it's obviously consistency is what gives you results so you can't just do it once and then be done with it you got to keep doing it but whenever i've done it i I felt so much relief afterwards. I felt so much safer from within myself. And in this kind of practice of being with our feelings, communicating with our feelings, especially the unpleasant ones, befriending them, we actually end up creating safety within our bodies. So we're building newer pathways. We're teaching our brain that all of my emotions are safe and all of my emotions are parts of me that I will choose to make time and space for, that I will choose to 
bring a level of mindfulness and a level of compassion to is such a necessary practice in in today's world especially with the you know stress levels rising and avoiding you know this whole topic of feeling and and jumping straight away into that cognitive um, brain where we try to rationalize and think our way towards a solution towards um, you know somehow trying to fix what what we're feeling in the moment and by doing that we're actually bypassing this heart energy we're bypassing the exact thing that we need that actually contributes to healing another thing that is good to do another practice is to literally do a meditation put five minutes on the timer um, on your phone and just sit down pause take a few deep breaths and find the mental and emotional space to sit with whatever is arising and this can be tricky for a lot of people to do so if you can't do five minutes then you're already avoiding and trying to escape what's there and sometimes we can also need help to do that you know to just someone that can guide us and support us to turn our attention away from the story behind the feeling towards the feeling itself and you can use your body to do that you know where is this feeling sitting in my body where do I feel it in my body is it in my belly is it in my heart is it in my shoulders my back my neck my head exploring the quality of the feeling or the sensations that are there is it heavy is it light is it constricted right and then trying to breathe some space into the feeling and that on its own just a few minutes of bringing our attention inwards can naturally bring stuff up so you might naturally start to experience that feeling of anger or it could be that anger turns into sadness or sadness or fear turns into anger and then it turns into some form of release right motivation so your awareness your ability your resilience around making space and befriending your emotions increases and so does your self-compassion this gentle kind attention comes alongside the feeling like a good friend might come alongside you when you need someone to listen this attention is not there to fix anything or dismiss anything it doesn't judge it doesn't label it has no plans you're just literally there for the emotion you're just welcoming that feeling in and you might even silently speak to yourself you know mentally in your mind just say something like I'm not going to dismiss you I'm not going to suppress you I'm just going to be here with you you're welcome here I'll be your friend that on its own can be so powerful you know we spend so much time fighting the presence of feelings especially unpleasant ones and this kind of welcoming attention really affects our feelings and I want to encourage you 
anyone who's listening to this to trust your capacity to hold the space of welcoming and safety for your feelings. Sit with whatever happens, stay open, stay curious. And if you make this a habit, if you make this practice a habit, you will gradually start to notice a shift. That feeling will begin to feel safer with you and within you. Your body will start to respond differently. Your symptoms will reduce. And eventually it will begin to relax and open up. And at that point, you can notice what it's like when the feeling just liberates itself. And I really think that it's something that we can't get our heads around. It's like we have to experience it to fully understand it. And sadly, not everybody gives themselves that opportunity. But hey, if you're listening to this podcast, who knows, you might feel motivated enough to do that. It might be exactly what you need right now in your life. You know, that moment of awareness is so luminous. The moment of awareness is so spacious. It's free and liberating. I always find that whenever I stop to think for a moment, I notice that what remains is actually just alertness, clarity. It's almost like I become the sky beyond the clouds that's always blue, that's always calm, that's always still. There's alertness, there's clarity, there's no thinking. Even though there's thoughts, there's an ability to just allow for all of that. And it's the same thing with our emotions. And it's such a peaceful experience because when our mind is used to emphasizing data, it's very hard to connect with ourselves more intimately, connect with our bodies more intimately. And by repeating these moments, these brief moments of just making space and befriending the emotion, something starts to happen, something starts to change. More and more we start to experience warmth, ease, compassion, a balanced outlook, clarity, creativity, exceptional ability to make good decisions and solve problems. And a simple word for this is wisdom. Our thoughts, our emotions, our speech and actions begin to spontaneously focus on the welfare and benefit of not just ourselves, but everyone around us. And this innate ability to be at ease, to be balanced, to be wise, compassionate, is really, I believe this to be our true nature. I believe that this is who we really are at our core. It's just that we get disconnected from that ability. I want to leave you guys with um, another really good tool that you can use when it comes to befriending your emotions. So when we shut down negative feelings, we're cutting ourselves off from the positive feelings too. When you don't make time for your sadness, you can't make time for your joy. You can't be open to experiencing one without the other. The pleasure center and pain center in the brain are not completely separate, right? Deep pain can be very close to deep love and profound 
meaning. In my own life, it's been through those really difficult times, and I'm talking really shitty difficult times, that I've been able to find my strength, my joy, my gratitude, my humility, my guidance, right? It's the times when I've reached my rock bottom in life and surrendered and embraced the feelings and the emotions that I was experiencing, that I was able to really open myself up to all the other stuff too, right? To all the good stuff that we love. So it's taught me how to be less conditional about feelings and emotions and how to just befriend all of them. And one really good practice is the RAIN practice. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but RAIN stands for recognize, accept, investigate, and nurture. So what we're doing is we're, RAIN is an acronym, by the way, that's easy to remember. And it's a tool for practicing mindfulness and compassion by recognizing what's happening, allowing the experience to be just as it is, investigating it with interest and care, and then nurturing it with self-compassion. You can read up on this practice. It's quite a well-known practice. And it's really about paying attention to the sensations in our body as an emotion comes on, right? As an emotion comes online. So that's the recognition, that's recognizing, that's what the R stands for. Accepting that it is here instead of denying or repressing it is what the A stands for, to accept. And then to be curious about it, about its messages to us in that situation is what the I stands for, to investigate. And finally, having some self-compassion for ourselves which is what the N stands for, to nurture, to really soothe. Because in the end, true change for ourselves and for the way we relate to ourselves and our loved ones is not dependent on what happens outside, but what happens inside, inside us. And unfortunately, many of us are used to fleeing, like I said, from our emotions, especially the difficult ones. But our source of freedom is in realizing that our liberation comes from embracing everything that we are. Because this is how you reach true self-love, true acceptance of what it means to be a human being in this life and the, everything that that incorporates, you know, a human being that will feel incredibly vulnerable at times and helpless and, you know, really at their worst and also times when we're feeling the exact opposite so I truly believe that if we don't accept what we're feeling if we don't befriend our emotions we can't change our inner reality much less our outer reality and giving ourselves permission to feel difficult emotions doesn't mean that we will never feel them again it means that when they come they will leave earlier and our body will not react to them as if they're actual threats and we'll be better able to understand the messages they bring us and therefore decide how we want to act 
and acting from a place of integration of our emotions is like having a superpower. In my opinion, that's what it truly means to be living a life that is more aligned with yourself and to have more energy. I mean, what would you do if you had more energy? What else could you focus on? How would that change your life? I want to leave you guys with one of my favorite quotes by Antoint Foy. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the name correctly, but it says, the core of your true self is never lost. Let go of all the pretending and the becoming you've done just to belong. Curl up with your rawness and come home. You don't have to find yourself. You just have to let yourself in. I just love that. You just have to let yourself in. Let that sink in for a moment. All right, everybody, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to work with me, please visit mentalawakening.com.au. And if you liked this episode, please do subscribe and leave a review as this will help others to find the content that's shared here a lot more easily. Until next time, take care, everybody. Bye for now.